We may have been away for a while, but man, do we have a lot to talk about. Not one, not two, but three episodes to discuss. Also, the amazing news of The Expanse being saved on this episode of The Crash Couch. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Crash Couch. I'm your host, Chris, and not only am I back, and and I, I live, in other words, but The Expanse lives as well. Oh, I'm so glad to say that. I'm so glad to say that. Um, I was really worried that we were not going to be able to have a season four or anything after that. But uh, thanks to Amazon coming in to save the day, uh, The Expanse will be returning for a season four and hopefully season five and six and however long it takes to finish the series. Um, But I am your host, Chris. And tonight I only have one of my uh, co-hosts with me, and that would be Ernie. Ernie, how are you? I'm doing well. I may, may only be the the one host with you tonight, Chris, but I am the most important. Let's just not forget that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Hey, you're the one that edits all of this and, and has to deal with uh, not only recording it, but then hearing all of our voices over and over and making us sound good. So I'm uh, we appreciate you. I am Naomi's uh, brother, so I'm the engineer of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, man, do we have do we have a lot to talk about? Not I, only not only the renewal news, but these three episodes, man, it's been it's been a ride. It has, and it's been one of those like clawing moments for the fans to kind of band together and and push the hashtag Save the Expanse. I have been in the trenches with the fans. I only started liking the Expanse a couple months ago, but I feel like I'm a part of a family and going through two intense weeks of is our show going to live was something else, especially with the interaction I was having with other people. I'm sure the interactions you were having Chris as well, but mm-hmm. seeing the clip of the, the show being saved by Jeff Bezos himself made me really emotional. And I, I know people say like, I cried. I, I literally cried because I was so happy. It was the reaction of the crew, the cast and crew. And uh, I posted it on my Twitter. I posted it on my Instagram. I think on my Instagram, nobody cares, but, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really care what they thought. And I, I'm excited. My show got saved. That's the way mm-hmm. I feel. Yep. It's funny because I use, like, I, I try not to, I put a little bit on my personal account, but I try to really promote the crash couch Twitter um, as a means, not only for our own sake, but, mainly for the fact to show anybody that was looking that the expanse is not just some, you know, cheap show on sci-fi that just has, you know, a few thousand, um, list, uh, watchers every week. And our podcast is not just something that has maybe 50 listeners if we're lucky, like we have a decent following and we're not the only podcast out that we're not the only expanse podcast. We're not the only expanse website thing we're not the only expanse project i mean there's a whole subreddit of people that um really banded together and and really fought for the show and to see that and to see just the positive interactions and between the fans and the cast and the crew is just really it's something i've never seen before with a show i mean there's been plenty of shows that's been canceled and then brought back and then canceled and never see the light of day again i'm looking at you firefly but I don't know. It's just it was really fascinating to see. And then once we I mean, we had that little bit of uh, the tease that said that uh, 
they were in talks to renew the expanse with Amazon. But after that uh, clip was shown and the, it was made official, like, man, I just, I just felt so happy. I, you know, I'm there with you. And the thing, the thing is that's amazing to me. And let's, let's give credit where credit is due. The one who was really pushing for this show to be saved was Cass Anvar. Uh, now, my conversation with him at WonderCon really meant so much more because the guy believes in the project. And I, and you mentioned it, that Firefly, like, we wish we had more Firefly. Well, we have more of The Expanse now. Uh, but it was the cast and crew who really pushed for the show to be saved. And, you know, the crew behind him was us. And it was everything we were doing. Oh, you need us to watch it live? Okay, we'll watch it live. We'll hashtag at the same time. Uh, you need us to tweet out more? Sure. We trended that tweet. We did everything. I even joined the subreddit on on Reddit as well. Um, but it's 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 just nice to and, and relaxing now to to be like, yes, we are saved. We are mm-hmm. saved. Yep. Uh, I want to take take a little bit and just talk about what. Um, what this renewal means for the show going forward. And my, my first reaction is this is going to bring so many new fans because I was, you know, I mentioned earlier the subreddit. Um, I follow it too. And I would see, like I, I check Reddit maybe a couple times a day on my phone when I need something to do. And I would just see other, uh, other subreddits like the television one or even movies was probably talking about it at one point talking about how the expanse is, you know, the, the fans are doing the petition or they, they flew the banner that said hashtag save the expanse over top of Amazon's uh, headquarters, um, you know, things like that. And then people would be in the comments saying, Hey, I've never seen the expanse before, but I decided to watch the first couple episodes last night and it's really good. I'm a new fan. And, it's just so it's it's crazy to see like that was my first reaction to wow we're going to be like hopefully <laughs> we're going to be getting a spike in viewership now um even on a streaming platform you know this is the age of 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 streaming uh binging and i think it's only better that we're going to be part of a streaming service now or i i'm talking we like i'm a part of the show it feels that way sometimes but um but I think it's it's going to help the numbers so much more, and I, I completely agree with you, Chris. Because even when when the show aired live, I wouldn't be able to watch it maybe for like a day or two. And it's just life kind of gets in the way. We can't always sit mm-hmm. down and watch it. But now you're giving me the chance to binge maybe twelve episodes a season. You know, sign me up, and then the people that just binge watch shows, even if they have no interest in them. Like it's just going to add to the numbers, and it's just it's so much better for the expanse to be on Amazon streaming services. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think um, going forward with season four and beyond? How do you think that will be different than what we were getting with sci-fi? What like, I mean, we we don't really know um, like a production budget standpoint um those numbers have never really been released um bob monroe the visual effects producer said that uh it's relatively high for you know like a television a television show um but it's not like game of thrones level or anything like that um do you think that maybe the budget will increase or we might be able to see uh some 
less restricting things in terms of production um, than what we were getting before? You know, honestly, I don't know. I, the only hope I can I can throw out there is that at least the budget stays the same because what they're doing with the budget now blows my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. as the sets. And by the way, if, if you haven't done the 360 tours on YouTube, and, and if you have the, the VR goggles, you need to do that. I just recently did it, and it's amazing. Uh, but I'm, that's my only hope, as long as it stays the same. But I'm also hoping and winking at Jeff Bezos, because he's a fan of the show, to throw a little bit more. Maybe we can add a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, to the sets and, and some of the computer graphics, as Joel complains about. I'm kidding, Joel. I love you, buddy. <laughs> um. I like to to think, too, that I mean, I know the crew and cast probably won't change, um, but I like to think that we're going to get probably some more uh, adventurous writing and uh, mainly when that comes to dialogue and and certain words and language that uh, has previously been, um, even though they, they do say it uh, in the uncensored broadcast, we don't see that on sci-fi. So hopefully... Um, well, we'll see a little bit less restrictions when it comes to that, because I know that's a that's a big part of like um, Avasarala's character in the books, and people were a little disappointed that she doesn't do it as much in the series. So I'm I'm optimistic that we'll get we'll get that too, since the, you know there's no like broadcast restrictions this time. Yeah, and I think uh, the only people that can make cussing <laughs> sound eloquent is Kevin Smith and Avasarala. Yeah, give me more more Officer Rala saying the F word, and I'm a happy man. <laughs> yeah. Now there is one thing that I don't know if anybody's really like. I haven't seen it talked about yet, and this is literally my only worry with uh, with this is that so much of the fun when it comes to being in the Expanse fandom is the live tweeting. Like that's where a lot of the interaction comes from. That's where a lot of the feedback comes from. Um, not just with the fans, but with the cast too. And I mean, you've seen it, Ernie, a few times that it's just, it's so, it's so immersive and it makes you feel part of the show. Will we see that? I mean, cause I know like you can't stream like something normally, like you would be able to, um, you know, on a TV show and most of the stuff comes out all at once. Or you get it, um, you know, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. or something like that. Uh, how do you foresee, like, what what do you hope comes out of that? You know, honestly, that's something I never thought of. But this is the first time I've ever live tweeted anything in my life. <laughs> uh, and it was for this show. And, yeah, it does make you feel a part of the show. It makes you interact with the cast and and crew. I was having the Expanse writers liking my stuff, and for me, that's special. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how that's going to affect the live tweeting. I I do think that the cast uh, themselves care about the property and the fans so much, especially now that we're part of the the saving grace that (laughs) they needed to push the show Mm -hmm. over. I think they're still going to give back by tweeting and and interacting with fans maybe maybe uh all fans can kind of you know line up together and and discuss watching it as a whole uh as a group mm-hmm. one night a week or something like that who knows but i just never thought of it um so that does cr- like cause a problem mm-hmm. 
And I mean, it, most shows wouldn't have this issue because, I mean, you have some instances of, of live tweeting, but none that at least that I've ever seen. Real, like you have like The Walking Dead has it. Um, Game of Thrones, I'm sure, has it. Um, you know, other big name properties. But for the most part, you don't see a whole lot of live tweeting. But The Expanse is always really had that as part of of um, as part of the experience and as part of the gimmick to getting into the show. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my only worry with this. And I mean, I don't mind having to pay uh, pay a hundred dollars or whatever it is now for an Amazon Prime uh, membership just to get the get the streaming video option. But um, it beats not having the expanse. That's for sure. Yeah, and I don't go into the public anymore. I just Amazon shop, so yeah, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so yeah, glad that the expanse got renewed officially. Um, I, I I feel a lot less weight um, is is on my shoulders right now than it was about this time, um, like what last week or the week before. So um, positive news, that's for sure. All right. Well, let's get into. Uh, our discussion since uh, we're obviously behind, which sorry about that, by the way, um, recording conflicts and scheduling conflicts and the fact that I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch the, uh, let's see of the three episodes, the first two, um, I had to watch them back to back because I did not get the chance to do it live. And you know what? Dealing with the sci-fi app is so annoying, by the way, if anyone ever has to do that, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, we're probably going to be talking mostly about it reaches out. Um, but you know, I do want to touch on a little bit of immolation and, uh, Delta V. So first off immolation, um, I'm not a book reader and Ernie, are you, have you read the books or not? I can't remember. I have not. Uh, and I've decided to read them once the season ends. That way I don't confuse all my information. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for those who have read the books, uh, I just, know this because i asked um we are well uh immolation was the conclusion of uh caliban's war and the next episode picks up with book three which is abaddon's gate abaddon's gate don't know how exactly pronounce it but I'm, i'm going with um abaddon just you know because i can um yeah that one was a that one felt weird, especially when I when I now know what Delta V is like, because it felt like a mid-season finale or even a, a season finale to um, to the show. And it's not a, like it was not a bad episode. We got some big plot points. Um, we got to see uh, Prax reunited with um, his child. Dr. Strickland was killed. Um, those, uh, hybrid pods got launched into space. Um, I think we got to see Bobby Draper being her usual amazing self, uh, and killing one of the hybrids. Um, what yeah. else happened? Amos, uh, got a new best friend that we didn't know about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene, by the way. I cried. So good. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened. Um, and, I don't know. It, oh, uh, what's his face died. Um, uh, Cotier. Is that how you say it? Cotier. Cotier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which was okay. So I didn't, again, didn't get to watch this one live, but I got spoiled 
Like, cause I, I knew that someone had died because I, I saw mentions about death, but I got spoiled during the live tweet and I'm like, come on guys, this is, e- this is just even the East coast airing that I got spoiled. Like I, I should probably expect it, but I don't even read Twitter like during the live tweets that I can't watch live because, you know, I don't want spoilers and I don't know. It's just very, uh, it was very heartbreaking to, to have that happen. But, um, I, I thought, uh, that was really unfortunate because um i really liked that character and i wish we could have seen him him survive but i guess not (laughs) yeah and to kind of go off your point um because i I honestly i'm in the same realm as you as far as the episodes feel the way they feel specifically not the way they are or how i rate them but it feels a little odd it feels like somebody hit the brakes on a car really quick because immolation was just this kind of chase through a whole episode a lot of tension uh but it was a lot of action as well because bobby was being chased by the protomolecule being the you know super badass that she usually is um and then we go to the next episode delta v which chris and i were discussing whether it's a v or five we think it's a v we'll we'll just go with v um it's all character building and kind of a time lapse forward the crew is kind of separated how it's affecting the three who are alone on the uh, Rosinante because Naomi is now with the belt. The the pacing of it felt really odd to me. Immolation to me felt like the season ending, whereas this one feels more like the I don't want to say filler because filler is a bad bad word, especially in in a great TV show like The Expanse. But it felt like a filler to me with Delta V. But there were super important things that they were laying foundation for that really paved the way forward for the next episode. Uh, I personally loved Immolation a lot. That was by far one of the best episodes that The Expanse has written. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it did feel weird, weird to me, um, you know, having the little time gap. But, you know, you, you mentioning that it's in between books, uh, you know, that, that happens. It makes sense to me. I'm not complaining because I loved both both episodes, but it did feel off in the pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was weird for me too because I watched it. Um, I watched it live or back to back, and I mean, I I don't mind time gaps in in TV shows. I don't even mind it mid season, but you don't see it a lot mid season. Um, but I do think that this is a time, and I said this on Twitter. I can't remember my exact wording, but I said that Delta V was it was one of those episodes that really put some life back into the season. Um, listeners will recall that on a previous episode, um, I said that the episode that we were talking about was boring. And I, I found myself drifting off and not really paying too much attention. And, um, you know, I've not had that experience since uh, a couple times in season one. Um, but I've definitely did not get that uh, get that vibe really ever since. And that's that's something that I'm glad happened because, you know, too often you get shows that really especially ones that are in the uh, that aren't just like 13 episode seasons and you have them uh, like over 20. Um, they really start to like lose their luster. And um, you're like, well, you know, I'm just I just want to get to the point, you know, um, but. Delta V really gave us that, you know, that that push again over the edge that, 
hey, this show still means business. Like it's <laughs> it's it's far from over. And yeah, yeah, we have a time gap and 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 whatnot. But, you know, shit's still going down. And I mean, it, it's not it, we're, we're not stopping here. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to add to since we are talking about three episodes, the last three episodes have had those oh shit endings. Uh, mm-hmm. The last five minutes of each all three of those episodes have been one of those where I ache to watch the next one. So on Immolation, we had the protomolecule leaving Venus. And, you know, even Amos kind of having those famous words like, what the hell? That was my reaction. You know, the next one, Delta V, had the moment where the the kid who's a slingshotter run right into the ring and then the ring kind of become alive and then that cool graphic of him kind of exploding into weird blood spikes, which was crazy awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this this last episode with Miller and then, uh, you know, the Rocinante going into the ring as well, but surviving. The last three episodes have had amazing episode, you know, the amazing last couple of minutes that makes you want to know what the hell's going on. And it's yep. kind of like an addiction. Like, I need to come back for this next, next episode for sure. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned in cliffhangers, really, like going back to immolation. I mean, that's something that you would like. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Venus. What is that that's coming out? And then you see uh, Amos say, what the hell is that? And then it just ends. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't have to wait a whole season to find out what that is. Like, I get to find that out next week. Uh, Or in my case, like five minutes when I start the next episode. Um, But yeah, it's I, I think that that sort of uh, the hook that is at the end of each episode, we have, we've got it a couple times this season, but for the most part, there's been not been nothing that's really like wanting you to keep going and going and going. And if this was a show that's being released all 30, 13 or whatever, however many episodes there are at once, like, you know, there might be a time when, uh, when you um, are watching and you're like, eh, I don't, you know, nothing's really going on, so I can wait till tomorrow to finish instead of, oh, I want to finish this right now because it's so good. Um, but the fact that we've got three of those all at once has been that's that's really, really excellent writing when you think about it. Yeah. And I almost want to hit hit the point that I personally didn't like Delta V a lot. I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. It wasn't my preference of, of storytelling. But I knew it was very important. But they they did something in a payoff where these episodes can be watched more than once. I've never felt that way about a show. In fact, to celebrate The Expanse being saved, I went back to season one again and started there. But then, you know, even for the for this episode, Chris, I, I kind of went back just to refresh my memory. What a payoff. It reaches out, the episode name, had um, with Miller... Because the first time around when I was watching it live, Miller seems like he's just gibbering. You know, it's it's almost like I, I was trying to guess what the hell was going on. And it seemed like it was old memories because he kept talking about the Grigas and Sector 3. I didn't know what to make of it until I rewatched the episode now knowing the ending and realizing that he's giving Holden clues of how to enter into the ring and not get killed. Miller's proto-molecule ghost or whatever it is 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 giving him direction but also is wanting a ride into it as well because mm-hmm. we you know we we see the spoiler of the 
the protomolecule growing in the ship. And, and yeah. that there's some sort of tie in there with that in the ring. But the payoff of actually going back and, and re-watching these episodes really makes you just love the writing even more. Because mm-hmm. there, there's meaning in everything they're doing, and it makes you want to pay attention even more. And the payoff for me is just amazing. The, that last that last scene with with the missile right behind him was something else. Um, I have a lot more to say about uh, about it reaches out, which is I, I I want that to be sort of the focal point of our discussion for the rest of this episode. But um, to sort of finish off on Delta V, I was not. And like seeing Miller for those for that last uh, that last shot there really took me off guard. Um, I was I was watching this um, part of my one of my jobs that I have is uh, working at a, a pro shop at a local golf course. And it just so happened that this day we did not have a whole lot of golfers come. So I was really just sitting in the pro shop uh, that morning just kind of catching up on the expanse and minding my own business by myself because um, no one else was there. And when that happened, I was like, wait a minute. Am, am I like just seeing Miller? Like, was this just like a, a hallucination of of um, of Holden? And, you know, what what's going on? And it's funny because when he originally uh, had his his death in season two in that the episode home, um, me and some other people were talking about it and one of them sort of mentioned Miller as like coming back. I'm like, wait a minute, he can't come back because it, it was sort of an offhand comment. But uh, I was like, he can't come back. He's dead. And then this whole time since then, that's always been in the back of my mind of, oh, yeah, Miller will didn't actually die and he'll be back and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's I sort of forgot about that up to now. And then when he showed up, I was like, wait a minute, that is not exi- that is not at all how I was, I was expecting him to ever be back and then we got to see uh like you said the payoff in uh it reaches out and boy what a setup that was and oh it was so good to have him back on uh on my on my screen thomas jane just knocked it out of the park as usual and he really i mean i know it's not actually like it's not the same miller that we're used to which is it's 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 a sort of different take on the character um, while also being sort of a new character uh, at the same time. And man, it just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, I completely agree with you. He adds a cer- certain noir to uh, The Expanse, you know, being a detective and all. And it was a good feeling. I, I personally never thought Miller died. I, I knew something was up. Uh, something happened with the protomolecule. And to kind of see him still in his own form was kind of uh, heartwarming, but also creepy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the joke that Holden was like, what's the deal with the hat? That was always the joke thrown at, at Miller. And I like that that came back. It mm-hmm. was just, you know, just to keep the rain off my head, kid. You know, yeah. it's it's so cool to see Miller again. And it's, it's interesting. I, I don't want this whole episode to just be me rambling about how awesome uh, Detective Miller was. But um, it was nice to see him back mainly for the fact that when we like in season one, I remember talking about how, you know, you had Miller doing his own thing and then you had the Rosie crew doing their own thing. And then as you get closer to the end of season one and then the start of season two, they come together. And then you have this, this, 
I don't know, clash of personalities almost between Miller and Holden and the rest of the crew. And then he sort of eventually becomes one of the family. Um, and then, you know, has his little uh, Venus incident. But like, that's something that I feel like the show has, has sort of been missing. Um, that, that like extra personality and Prax sort of brought it last season. Like it, his, his character introduction was, was refreshing and it was uh, nice to see him. And, you know, nothing against Prax. I, I love Prax as the character. Um, but I still feel like they've been missing that that little extra, um, you know, character personality that Miller brought. And, you know, you, you don't have to have a character just like him to replace it. But you need something that just, you know, gives it a little bit of flair. And, you know, we've not seen that. But to have it back, even just with him and Holden and in a different form like yeah he's not the miller that we remember but he's still when it comes down to it he's still joe miller and <laughs> i mean there's there's not really a, any a better way to say that yeah and I, I like the reaction that holden has to miller and you know the rubbing of the eyes i'm hallucinating here testing himself for the proto molecule 35 times yeah it, it, he thinks he's going nuts as so it's a good dynamic uh, to have back again you know, because there was a little bit of tension between Holden and Miller, but somehow Holden still, like, trusts Miller, uh, you know, with Miller killing that scientist on on that station. You know, Holden's always had something to hold over his head. and uh, But, yeah, Miller does just adds this, I, you know, I almost want to say his, 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 he's an actor. He's a, he's a veteran actor, and just he's the st- stability of this show. And so it's it's really cool to see see Miller again. But the characters that I'm really interested in right now that there seems to be a lot of tension is on the behemoth, and that's between Ashford, Drummer, and then also Naomi kind of being the, the third wheel of that dynamic there because Ashford and Drummer are in this kind of struggle uh, for power. Drummer is, is obviously one of the strongest women in The Expanse, but Ashford is cunning, you know, and that dynamic is great. And then you have Naomi who doesn't quite fit as a belter anymore. And she's trying to make herself useful to drummer and, and being an instrument as her chief engineer. Mm-hmm. That, that is such a good dynamic. It adds a lot of tension. Yeah. I, that's one thing I, I sort of forgot to mention from um, Delta V was that uh, we had drummer and Naomi back together. Uh, which she left the the Rosie crew. That's that's something new um, and something I I mean I sort of expected it, but um, at the end when uh, you had Holden and Naomi sleeping together, like I was like, oh okay, they hash things out, like everything is fine. No, everything's not fine. <laughs> she she decided to to leave and and rejoin um, you know her place among amongst her people, I guess you could say, uh, but. That I really enjoy that dynamic between Naomi and Drummer. Um, to the fact that her accent is, is is like on point is is really interesting, um, and it's it's fun to hear. Because um, I mean, I, I like the Belter language, I like the Belter accent, so um, that's neat to hear. Drummer is finally getting her uh, sort of what she's been working for as as a commander of a ship. Um, and let me throw something out really quick, by the way, before we go into the new character. I just wanted to point out how much of a fan Kara G is playing drummer. 
She mm-hmm. was actually Naomi. She dressed up as Naomi for Halloween. Knew, read the books, knew the the accent. So her doing the accent is is, you know, from her reading the book. She obviously has a dialect coach. And I was I was kind of um, seeing this all being done on a radio show, and they had the cast and crew on there. But but she's a dedicated fan, and uh, she really does take that language that that accent very seriously and i love hearing it as well and she even lowers her voice because that's not her norm, normal speaking voice sorry sorry i just mm-hmm. wanted to throw that out there <laughs> oh yeah um yeah that's i just i i my admiration for drummer started the moment she was introduced and i just have loved her and and Kara G is just lovely so i i want to have her on the show at some point just to let her know that she is amazing i mean she already knows that but i'm sure but um I, cause I, I just want to get some more insight into how she approaches the character and, and some sort of the challenges or struggles that she might have. Um, we have to talk about, though, the introduction of Ashford, played by David Strathairn. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I've never heard of it. I, I didn't really know what to expect with him because, and this may sound sound bad because I've never heard of him before. I think I've heard of the name, but I didn't recognize him. Um, but oh my gosh, I I probably shouldn't because he's going to end up being being a, a bad guy, I'm sure, or just somebody that we shouldn't like. But man, I just love his performance. I'm like, I, I love this character. I love the because uh, he's sort of. Uh, He's sort of a uh, a like if you view um, drummer and Naomi as like two pieces of bread, he's this he's the one that goes in the middle to make the sandwich, but it's not like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you know it's supposed to be there. It's like something random like I don't know like a ketchup sandwich. Like he's there and you know people might eat it, but I know it's a terrible analogy, but um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it's very. Uh, he just, I don't know, it gets under your skin, but the way he pulls it off is just so, so good. And I'm just, I'm a big fan. So I recognized him right away. And the movie that came to mind was The Born Ultimatum. And he was a jerk in that movie. Um, so him playing Ashford totally fits the bill. He, There's a lot of tension with his character and there's something really sneaky about it. Uh, but he also has this really cool commands. Uh, you know, when he first met Drummer, he was kind of being a smart ass by saying like permission to come aboard, and you know that's that's just uh, protocol. That's what you do. And then as soon as he gets on the bridge of the behemoth, he sees a guy who recognizes, tackles that guy, puts him in this arm lock, and he says, you know, calm down. I was just here to apologize. I'm sorry. And it's this, mm-hmm. the coldest sorry you've ever heard. But it. That's the character that he is. There's something really, yeah, he's going to turn for sure, especially with that kid, that belter kid that's uh, his second in command. Yeah. Uh, but he does add a really cool dynamic to that show. And and uh, I don't know about the sandwich analogy, Chris, but we'll, <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> um, you know, he's not the only new character uh, we have. We have the documentary crew. That's aboard uh, the Rosie. I know it's technically not the Rosie anymore, but it will always be the Rosie to me. That's just what I'm going to call it. Uh, I they're think they there. went back to the the, the Rosinante though, because they're at least on the uh, when it's on the uh, the show itself. 
you know how mm-hmm. they always like show certain ships and they all look kind of similar. They're mm-hmm. they're putting Rosinante in the bottom left again. Okay, good. Um, well, regardless of what it's what it's called, you have this uh, documentary crew on there. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but the girl Cohen. is Monica Cohen. Yeah, Cohen. Okay, you have Cohen and you have Monica, and I can just I'm going to say it right now. I do not like Cohen, and at first I did not like Monica either. Like I thought, like she just gave off this really like sort of I'm better than you type of vibe and really trying to like be a typical, you know, media member and try to get under your skin and, and try to push for um, almost like a, a rude paparazzi type. But I'm starting like she's starting to get on my good side. And I don't know if it was just because she sort of um, seemed to show a little bit of compassion in the it reaches out episode. But uh, I was I, I'm sort of, you know, she's get she's she's getting there like she's not totally totally safe from uh, from my hatred of certain characters. But she's there. She's getting there. What about you? Uh, you know, Monica, I, I still think and there was a moment, too, where she walked away from Holden and she's muttering to herself how many awards they're going to win. That that alone, like kind of describes her character. She's your in your face journalist who's trying to get some recognition. Um, yeah, she did catch me off guard a little bit more with, you know, throwing herself at Holden, but that's just who she is. It, it's a very realistic journalist nowadays even. But yeah, Monica did show some compassion towards Holden, uh, especially when she, she notices something's up with him. He's freaking out. Like, he's not acting like himself. Uh, and she probably knows what's going on as far as him talking to himself because, you know, Holden called her out and was like, I know you're spying on us. Show me the footage. So I'm sure she's she's concerned. So that, that part is cool for her character. But yeah, Cohen, I didn't like Cohen right away. But at first I didn't know what to think of him also because he was hitting on Amos more than once, mm-hmm. by the way. And and Amos didn't really shut him down like what they know, but more like, you know, I don't mix work with pleasure kind of thing. Which was yeah. kind of a cool dynamic for Amos. I, I gotta say, it's 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 pretty neat to see him kind of be, you know, who he is. Amos is Amos. But Cohen, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something really weird about Cohen, and then all that kind of got exposed as the episode went through. So I really yeah. wonder who he's tied to. My my mm-hmm. guess is um, Anderson Dawes. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think Co- Cohen is uh, attached to Anderson Dawes. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you uh, end up being correct on that. You know, one thing I was when I was thinking of my hatred for characters earlier, I totally forgot to mention that uh, Laura's favorite person. Aaron Wright finally got uh, finally got taken care of. He got arrested. I hope it's for good too. Yeah, but even though I love the performance. Yeah, I love his performance. It's, he was great. Yeah, so not a, not a fan of the character. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I have a feeling we we haven't seen the last of him. But if we have, then you know, so be it. I mean, I didn't think that we would ever see um, the last of Miller. Like, I thought we would, all, like, we would always have him, and he would always be alive, and he'd be one of the, you know, the lasting crew. But no, you got to take away my favorite character. <sighs> so disappointing, so disappointing. But hey, you know, I'll I'll take it. He's back at least temporarily. That's fine by me. And he has a cool, a cool concept. Um, the other new character, by the way, that we should throw out there is Ren. We don't know much about her, 
mm-hmm. especially what the hell's going on when she kind of gets in these weird, uh, you know, moments where it's almost like a computer is taking over in her head. It's it's mm-hmm. bizarre, but yeah, there's not much that we know about her. But I think she's tied with Cohen as well. Someone um, said, I think it was on, I think it was on Twitter um, that she almost looked like she's biting down on like a capsule or something, and all of a sudden it just gives her like superhuman strength or like a, like a massive amount of adrenaline. But I can't tell you that for sure, obviously, because I've not read the books. Oh, I'm but sorry. It it, might... it's, her name's not Ren. It's Melba. She killed Ren. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Melba. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was thinking it's not Ren, but maybe that's like her last name or something. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know what the deal is with her. But hey, we'll, we'll find out at some point, I'm sure. Um, so yeah. What what else about? anything in these last three episodes but specifically it reached out, it reaches out uh appeal to you ernie um i like that there's somebody trying to pull some strings and still trying to start that spark and it's like the first couple of words that we see when you watch the expanse in season one you know episode one that it just takes a spark while somebody is trying to reignite that spark again even mm-hmm. though that it seems that like peace is kind of and the dust is settling down because the protomolecule was taken care of, except for the ring, obviously, and they're trying to figure that out. But it seems like somebody's still trying to start that war with uh, the the weird Holden uh, message that went out. And, yeah, just the explosion of the ship that Melba caused. So mm-hmm. some, something's definitely going on. And, you know, Ashford kind of showing up at the time that he did. Something There's, there's some tie-ins here, and... I wish I've read the book because it's bothering me now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I'm glad that I've not read the book because then I, I have no idea what it's talking about uh, and what what I need to be expecting. And the best part is that um, you know people are listening here, probably screaming at their speakers, saying it's so and so. The whole like that's the plot. You're totally going over it. You're way out in left field. I'm like I don't care because I've not read the books. So. I, I like having that speculation of, of what's going to happen next. So that's one reason why I've not read them yet. Um, but one thing that sort of I've I've not really seen a lot of people talking about, um, and maybe because it only happened for uh, for a few scenes. But in the last two episodes, um, but mainly in it reaches out, we saw a lot of. Uh, a lot of scenes taking place from the perspective of the camera drone. And there was this one sequence where um, I can't remember exactly what was going on, but like Holden's running around the ship and and you have the, he like goes down the ladder and um, you have the drone following him. And then uh, I think Amos like smashes it away because he absolutely hates that thing. Um, But it's, it's one of those like little tiny things about the cinematography of the show that I just adore with the expanse um that's just like because it's it's different than just like having a camera and you know doing typical film and tv stuff with cameras it's 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 nice to have not only a, a different perspective but like you're viewing it from the eyes of something that is in universe like it's not just you know a made up um you know camera shot it's like actual like that's what the drone is actually seeing in the show you know what i mean 
No, I totally, I, I felt the same way. Uh, you know, recently I've been getting into videography with my DSLR, but it almost felt like somebody was filming a documentary with the iPhone. Um, and, and it kind of added a little bit more to the realism. So I do like the, the, you know, the shots of even the way it goes from uh, following Holden down into the lower level and then back to Alex as he's talking. Uh, the way they did that seamlessly made it feel, feel like somebody's just filming on an uh, iPhone. I just love the fact that that we're, get, we're we still get even three seasons and we're still getting this um, this this branching into new territory and, and the crew is not they're not shy about trying new things and um, you know going in different directions that maybe the uh, that maybe other shows aren't doing or maybe is is unheard of when it comes to uh, television especially sci-fi on television so. Yeah, that was that was a thing that I just I loved about this episode. But um, once once they had they went and they they did a, a a flip and then went towards the the ring and um, you see just how close they were uh, to the missile or to the missile hitting them. Um, and then Holden wakes up and like everything is just like stopped. I'm like, what is going on here? Like this is I have no idea about like what just happened. And then it just goes black and then credits roll and i'm like come on like really (laughs) the flip and burn uh sequence the cgi on that is so awesome Mm -hmm. um i almost want to reach out though and ask about uh the science of the way the rossinante is is flying because it almost seems like they're flying in reverse did you catch that at all I I did, and uh, Ian said something about that too. Um, but I I couldn't. I was not familiar enough. Like I didn't pay that much attention to that part. And like it, I was like, okay, what were they doing when they were flying towards the ring? But I, I I'm not sure. I, I can't answer that question. But Ian did catch that on Twitter when he was watching it. Or maybe somebody could reach out on Twitter to us and let us know because yeah. I'd noticed it and it's very interesting. It's almost like the Rocinante is falling and they're using the burners to stabilize them. It's it's pretty interesting. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to uh, you want to mention, Ernie, or do you want to um, wrap this up? So there is one thing I just want to throw out there because it was my favorite moment. Uh, and I know we've been jumping from episode to episode to episode and back to the other episode. <laughs> it's like <laughs> been this ping pong match uh, between three episodes. But, you know, my favorite moment had to be uh, the way they filmed the moment where Prax was going to kill. Um, I, I'm blanking out on his name. Uh, Sutherland? Uh, Strickland. Strickland. Thank Strickland. you. Yep. <clears throat> the way they filmed that scene was so, so interesting to me because uh, – it made it seem like Prax's left hand was kind of going over the top of the gun until you realize it's Amos and mm-hmm. saying that you're not that guy. One, that, that scene was emotional. It was probably my favorite moment uh, emotion-wise uh, in The Expanse in the three seasons that we've had. But the way they filmed it was so clever. And I just... This show never ceases to amaze me in the way they do things or the way things are thought out. I just... I just want to give props to the way they're they're doing everything because it's it's beautiful, it's a mm-hmm. it's a great balance. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, that is, you know, that is a moment again that I, I wish if we had had the time to do each episode, like a podcast for each episode. But um, yeah, that that's one scene that it was very um, was very important because we got to see. I mean, Prax. I mean, he is what he is, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he's not, you know, the the uh, vengeful killer of the group or the one that's going to take it, take revenge. Like he. In the end, when you think about it, he was just happy to be back with his daughter. And, um, you know, Amos did what he needed to do with, uh, for his best friend. And that was, I don't know, that was just a very uh, a calming moment. I mean, I know Strickland died, which was not calm, but um, it was it was nice to see that Amos has that compassion in him and has that, uh, that sense of... Um, I mean, I know that some people would say that that killing Strickland would be the immoral thing to do, but um, it's really the it's really the moral thing. And um, I mean, he was trying to uh, to risk the lives and to sacrifice the lives of children for himself, and I mean that's that's not right. And the fact that Amos of all people was able to grasp this and uh, and have that that sense of, Hey, I'm doing this for my friend and I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Like that's, I mean, that's a side that, you know, we've sort of known Amos has, but we don't get to see it too often. Yeah. And by the way, you can see footage of Wes, uh, reacting to his own character saying I'm that guy. Uh, and it's awesome footage. (laughs) It's really cool. (laughs) But yeah, there's, I mean, Everything about all three of these episodes was just was just really good, especially when you watch them like back to back to back or in sequence. It's it's I don't know that that's you know we were talking earlier about um, not being able to live tweet potentially for when the show moves over to Amazon, but um, I think it'll be nice too to have these you know like uh, trilogies of episodes almost that just really like go off of each other and um even even if they don't happen you know um consecutively in time like you have the time jump um it's still it still ends up working out in the end yeah it, it all works out it's like a puzzle piece coming together yeah that is true all right ernie well is there anything else you want to want to say before we wrap this up so this is part one of five uh we still have more to discuss on this episode Mm, no, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if we had the the whole gang here, I'm sure it would be like we would still be on uh, on the first half of, of what we what we talked about because so many opinions and unfortunately so little time. Yeah, but this, hope- this would have been a two hour episode. <laughs> yeah, hopefully with the uh, with the future. Um, like the future uh, episodes will release. Um, I'd like to not have any more of these, you know, discussing three. I don't mind discussing two, but discussing three is a little bit much. So hopefully we'll be back on track and, um, you know, try to get things done from here on out. But I want to at least keep, uh, I, I don't want, I want to be definitely caught up before the finale. And then hopefully we can have everyone um, on the episode for the finale. Uh, of the season because that's going to be something tells me that that's going to be big something huh 
<laughs> not the cliffhangers <laughs> yeah. they've been leaving with, leaving, yeah. leaving us with. But uh, yeah, I agree, man. It's going to be a big one, and I can't wait to discuss it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, if you would like to uh, reach out, <laughs> see what I did there, uh, to us on Twitter, you can do it at Crash Couch. Um, mad props to Laura, who is taking over or has taken over my live tweeting duties uh, Wednesday nights. Um, she's doing an excellent job, much better than I uh, could could be doing. Um, and our like our our interaction count has increased a lot. Our follower count has increased. So um, I just want to personally thank her, even though she's not here, um, for all the hard work she's putting in on that. Even though this past week I did have to uh, start off for her because she was running a little behind. But I will give her a pass. But you can follow us uh, at Crash Couch. Uh, we live tweet every Wednesday beginning at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Um, one of these days, maybe uh, one of our West Coast hosts will get cable or some way to watch live and would live tweet the West Coast airing from oh, us. But. Yeah, I know you're pointing at me, Chris. And let me just <laughs> clear that up. I do have live access to it. I do watch it on YouTube TV, so I can watch it in real time. It's just sometimes my kid likes to go to bed late. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But as soon as I can, I swear I'll be on there. Okay. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Curse of Chris. Uh, Ernie, what is your Twitter? My Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube is your buddy Ernie. Uh, also, if you want to follow the other members of uh, the Crash Couch on Twitter, um, Laura is... Laura, that's L-A-U-R-A-A-A-H-H-H-H. Uh, and then at Ian the Beard is Ian. And then Joel is at Joel underscore Welch. And Ernie, why don't you tell people about the, uh, the network that we're on? So we are part of a network called One Nerds Attack. It's actually a website, OneNerdsAttack.com. You guys should check it out. Uh, it's always giving you the latest and greatest in pop culture. Uh, also, if you follow the Twitter account, Nerds Attack Pods, you'll see one each show uh, goes live. As you hear my kid in the background, you'll hear you'll see one each show goes live for um, the network, and it's a fun little group of shows. You should check it out. Yep, and hopefully this summer a uh, a returning show will finally be posted there, Chasing Fandom, which is my my personal show. Hopefully, I can get back to doing that at some point in the future. We're waiting, Chris. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and if you have any feedback uh, for us, if you don't want, if you don't use Twitter or can't use that, um, I have an email set up for the podcast. Uh, it is crashcouchpodcast at gmail.com. No one has emailed us any feedback. So if you're listening to this, give us some feedback, even if it's a show review or what, how awful or how amazing we are. Like, let us know because we always want to improve. Like this, this is people may not know, but this is like my passion project and i want to make sure that the crash couch is as good as it can possibly be and i know we've had a little bit of uh of uh, catching up to do and and you know new hosts and whatnot but um we'll get there we'll get there it'll be a little bit of a, a bumpy ride at times but you know we're we're staying strong right ernie always i'm amos by the way very strong <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Crash Couch. Um, Please leave us reviews on iTunes and interact with us on Twitter and whatnot. Um, And until next time, Sasuke.
yeah, I was I was hoping you would you know throw something in there at the end. Yang Sing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>